Hi everyone, this is Sarah Harvey with the Psychic Medium School TV channel and today we're going to talk about uh, becoming, uh, I can't say that word on YouTube, can't say that word, uh, uh, basically improving your psychic abilities and your intuition. So today I have with me Sarah Jordan. I would love for you to introduce yourself, Sarah. Thank you for being on the show too. Thanks so much for having me again, Sarah, and thank you everyone who's already here watching. Um, most of my clients and readers know me as Zelda Barons or Sarah Zelda Lorraine on social media. Whatever you call me, my goal is to empower you with your psychic development and my students, my book readers, everyone to become their greatest versions and step into your confidence. To sharpen my skills, I trained with a world-renowned psychic detective from the FBI, and I'm also the Amazon best-selling author of Rich Witch. And I have that book. I haven't completed it yet, but I plan on it. It's uh, I don't know how you guys like to read, uh, but I love to read on my iPad because then I don't know when the end is because I used to have this huge problem with finishing books. And when I got the iPad and started reading on that, it made it so much easier when you can highlight the good stuff, too. So I love highlighting, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one of the first questions that I want to ask you, Sarah, is how does someone know if they're ready to start improving their abilities? I love this question. And I've had many um, successful, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I've worked with people, thousands of people as a mentor in various capacities. And I know the biggest thing that stops us all is fear. And when I was a dance teacher, everyone was like, I need to feel ready to do this. I need to feel ready to do this. And as a psychic mentor, all my students are like, I need to feel ready to do this. So there, the secret is, and the key is, there's no readiness fairy that will like sprinkle some readiness drops on you. If you have the desire, you're ready. Yeah. Once you start doing the thing, you will feel ready. It doesn't happen. The feeling doesn't happen first. You have to take the first step. Yeah, I, I think that's a good answer, <laughs> a really good answer. Because I think, uh, like, we were talking before we went live about uh, the different steps in how to come get over that fear. And that's one of the things that Sarah teaches. So I, I absolutely love that because I think that's a huge step for people, especially when they're beginning. Well, and we've talked about uh, whether or not you're, like, I guess some people live in communities that they're not open to this type of thing. And so getting over that fear within yourself is one of the things that Sarah's great at helping with. And so we have a lot of questions, but uh, to kind of get into this, uh, what are some things, what are some tips that you would have about improving your abilities? Um, so my biggest tip as a writer is to, write it down. Like every time you get an intuitive hit, every time you get a hunch, because not only will you be training your brain's filter to be on the lookout for that, but you'll get used to the feeling of being accurate or right. So that is my biggest thing. And it seems simple, but actually implementing it is, um, I just got a notification that says psychic medium school TV is on, <laughs> but my, the biggest thing is implementing it, right? We all say, Oh, that's so easy. Is that really going to work? Do it. In fact, yeah. One of my, um, one of my students, Caroline sent me, uh, a post today when I mentioned this, she said, 
I'm having so much success with automatic writing. In fact, like she's been wanting a pair of cowboy boots and she listened to her intuition and she found an awesome pair at a thrift shop that like just jumped out at her. So that's cool. That's like when we get on, Sarah's like, we're both wearing purple today. Like, yeah, (laughs) that's funny. So uh, when it comes to what let's, you you have some other points that you want to touch on before we get to these questions. We have we have a lot of questions to answer for you guys. So thank you sure. all for submitting your questions too. Uh, between Sarah and I, I think we got probably a good fifteen questions from you guys that you guys want answered. Okay, so, so uh, ra- raise your hand or drop an emoji if you're scared or nervous. You'll be disowned by your friends or family if they knew you were interested in all this. This was huge for most of my students. That's a really good one. Really good one. So if you're watching a replay, drop it down in the comments. Mm -hmm. So our brains were not meant to make us happy or wealthy. Your brain's only job is to keep you alive. So we're wired to pay more attention to anything that we view as threatening, like not fitting into the herd, your safe little comfort zone which is seen as, so leaving your comfort zone could be seen as deadly because thousands of years ago, being a powerful person was deadly. You know, women were burned at the stake for stepping into their power. And there's an author, Kimberly Jones, who refers to this fear as the witch wound. So a lot of us still have this big time, even if we're like in our 40s and 50s, 30s, 20s, not living with your parents anymore, your first thought is my parents wouldn't like it, right? <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Uh, when I told my dad, uh, like, what, because I really am not that, I don't talk about what I do all that often. He, uh, like, questioned it, and it was kind of funny. He's he's more passive, so he didn't, like, that's terrible, nothing like that. He's just like, are you yeah. sure you know what you're doing? <laughs> like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> So like what you said with uh, getting that uh, feedback and that reassurance that your intuition is right. I think that's a huge thing for people um, when they're first starting, especially. And like you and I talked about uh, before we started, this is something that like that's a hurdle that you are constantly getting over no matter what level you're at. Like I still doubt myself. And Sarah, I'm sure you guys you have that same feeling like is this is this like supposed to be what I'm doing like you know what I'm saying sometimes yeah but I that's the difference is we don't let that fear stop us anymore mm-hmm. because we're passionate about doing this work and helping people and empowering people yeah like uh flashcards and things like that you know we kind of talked about the clairvoyant thing uh flashcards I always think if it's my favorite color is it really the next color flashcard or am I pushing my uh, belief into my, you know, I'm mixing up my belief and my intuition or my, what I like in my intuition. Yeah. Where you logic it away. And I learned from Pam Coronado, the psychic detective that anything you try to logic away, you're usually fighting with your intuition. So on top of that, we're all socialized and taught, Oh, don't hurt someone's feelings. Ignore your own feelings. Like, Put people first, even if it's even if you're in pain, ignore what you know to spare someone's feelings. So we are taught, most of us, to ignore ourselves 
So going against the grain and breaking generational <laughs> curses, yeah. it feels like is uh can feel dangerous, but it's very empowering and like your life is gonna change like for the better. Like you're not gonna die, I promise. <laughs> So uh, Desiree says, my mom didn't believe me until I did a reading for her and a spirit came through and it was wild. I think that's like the case with a lot of people. Like I know with uh, Sarah and I, we've talked about that a lot and like where we are in, in our personal development. I think that one of the things that I can tell you guys is that that. Uh, I mean, that never really changes that you're like, is this for real? Like, and I know it's kind of doubting yourself, but you do, you have, you find it way easier to move past than you did in the beginning. Um, I think a lot of people that come into the exploring Claire group, like they're having that experience. Like, what is this? Like they have a lot of beginners questions. Like, what is this buzzing? Like, what is this ringing? Why do I keep hearing my name? Those types or of things. Am I going crazy? Yeah. A big oh, yeah. One. yeah. That's, that's a huge one. <laughs> I remember thinking, I was like, at some point during um, my uh, journey, I actually did, and I think this is a good thing to share with you guys. Like, I actually did think I was going completely insane. And I remember telling my boyfriend that, like, if something doesn't stop this, like, I think that I might have to, like, because I, I was, sorry, I got to kind of explain that to you guys. I was having sensory overload, uh, and it was a clear audience sensor, sensory overload, so it was, like, hearing noise all the time, and I was, like, oh, my goodness, what is wrong with me? And then when I finally got to put a name to it, and I identified what was happening, like, it changed everything, and it wasn't like the, like, the noise was negative or anything like that. And I think that's one of the things that when we talk about the difference between like schizophrenia and clairaudience, that's one of the huge differences is this isn't a negative thing. Like it's not, doesn't feel negative. There's not like a, uh, I don't know. It's you're not, not paranoid. Good. Yeah, exactly. And you're still in touch with reality. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Desiree says, yes, the buzzing on the top of my head. Grounding really helped that. When I learned how to do those things, like it made everything much easier. So we have, you have a couple more points that you wanted to touch on. Yeah, so um, we're basically taught to ignore ourselves and our own instincts, which are survival instincts. Uh, for example, um, I love to use the elevator example from Gavin De Becker's book, The Gift of Fear, which is all about intuition versus fear. And you should never ignore your fear uh, because this elevator example is there's a, a woman who lives in an apartment and she's afraid to get into the elevator with this guy, you know, a big soundproof box, but she doesn't want to hurt his feelings, even if she'll never see him again. So she goes in there and she's nervous the whole time. She gets a good look at him. And when she leaves later on the news, she sees that it was a serial killer. It, you guys, he could have killed her. So she yeah. ignored herself to spare this guy's feelings, some rando that she's probably never going to see again. Um, like how many times have you ignored yourself to put someone else's feelings first? Like it's downright dangerous to do that. If it's a stranger, I have no, like, yeah, I, think people, I don't care. I think I'll never people, see you again. <laughs> yeah. When people see me, uh, like on video and they're talking to me, like I really, I genuinely have a good heart and love other people. And 
I, there's just some points that I really truly believe with other people that you need to have boundaries. And if you don't show that to people and you don't have those boundaries, like people like tend to take advantage of it. So like, that's my, so I, I try to stick to that. So if I had that feeling personally, like I, there's a lot of Take other, the stairs. <laughs> there's other things you can do besides get on that elevator. But, you know, I think that's a really good point because like in, in our world today, there are things that are unsafe. And I think that's a really, was that a true story or was that just yes, a, a true story? No, it was a true story. He gives a lot of true stories and I'll give you an example from my own life. Um, I was walking my dog rebel in the woods behind our house and, um, I started to feel bad and nervous, like near these cornfields and something said, pick up your dog and get the hell out of there, get the heck out of there. So I did, I picked him up and I ran home and we had a neighbor come to our door for the first time in like two years, like since the pandemic. And I was like, what is going on? (laughs) And she happened to casually mention, oh, there's been, um, I can't think of the name of the snake, but they're, they're deadly. Uh, there's been snakes seen out there in the cornfield and bears hang out in there. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm not going back there again. <laughs> so yeah. my intuition, I was afraid for a reason. So usually your body sending you signals for a reason. Maybe if you're around a certain person, you get that feeling, too. It's trying to send you a message. I think that that's one thing that's so like we were talking about. It's there are some things that are so simple, but if we actually do them and we trust in that intuition and we get over that fear of trusting our intuition, I think that's huge. That's like one of the things that uh, if you're doing that in the beginning and you're just trusting in yourself, I think that's a huge step in the direction of uh, becoming powerful within your abilities. So Desiree says, yeah, yes, sir. Wow. That's me. I'm having sensory overload. When you do that, uh, like the most basic thing that you can do for sensory overload is just to do grounding and they recommend grounding for like 30 day or excuse me, 30 minutes a day. And even if you can't do 30 minutes, just try to, to work on grounding. And there are also some different stones you can wear like hematite, um, there's some other ones, but I'm not going to go all or into all that because we got some other things. Black crystals. Yes. Yes. All protect. the black tourmaline. Yeah. Yeah. I go for a lot of different, um, grounding and protection exercises in my psychic development course. And I actually have a separate, um, grounding and protection course, like for super cheap on my Etsy as well. That's awesome. So because I get a lot of people, sorry, I get a lot of people that are like, I'm feeling psychic attacked. What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a good thing because I think that that happens in different ways for people. And uh, especially like when you're going through this journey and like experiencing different things and actually uh, moving forward in your ability and practicing and doing like third eye chakra meditation, that type of thing, you can like you risk because that's one of the things that I did later and got sensory overload was I did the third eye chakra uh meditation without grounding myself and that is like you don't want to do that you don't want to do that you have to have a order in which you're doing it um hannah says 
I'm having such buzzing tingles from Sarah Z's necklace. I just want to share. I know. I oh, thank you. Too. It's an owl um, ametrine, which is amethyst and um, green aventurine. And I got this at a gem show. I got <laughs> your, uh, where did it go? Yeah, I got what you, so I didn't know what this was. And I think I showed it to you guys before. Sarah sent me this. And it's like the coolest thing ever. I was like, why does it have plastic on it? Oh, I made it. It's a uh, laminated it? butterfly wings. Yeah, those are real butterfly wings. When I got it, I was yeah. like, "What's the plastic?" And then, then I read it, and I didn't know you made it. Yeah, I, cool. I'm like a butterfly magnet, and I collect the dead ones. <laughs> Not to sound like a creep, but I mean, they're sustainably sourced. <laughs> sustainably sourced. So, uh, what you didn't know is that my grandma that passed away, my grams, she actually uh, loved butterflies, and so I have. Oh different butterfly stuff around my house, but. That's so, awesome, I, I didn't know. I'm, yeah. I'm happy to hear that though. Uh, so uh, you have some other points that we needed to talk about before we get into the questions. Yeah, um, one of the big questions that uh, my sister Melissa actually asked me was, how do I stop denying my feelings? Um, especially when everything from the law of attraction to positive thinking is telling us, oh, bulldoze yourself or gaslight yourself and i love this question so my answer is first be a cycle breaker and she is because you're realizing that there's a dysfunction here but for me it was all about my why like why to stop denying my feelings and i wanted to stop denying my feelings so that i could increase my psychic abilities trust myself more and help more people and I learned that feelings that you don't deal with don't go away. Like we live in a vibrational universe. Quantum physics proves this. If I'm sad, even if I don't say anything or cry, I still have that vibration inside of me. So you got to get rid of it. Um, and I learned from Denise Duffield Thomas, who's like a money mentor, that uh, emotional intelligence and dealing with your feelings can help actually make you more wealthy. I've gone through a course. It works. But there's a difference between letting your emotions flow through you. You know, when you cry, you're releasing them. And let, then they leave your body and holding a grudge or holding them in. Um, and Brad Yates, uh, this angel on YouTube, has a lot of emotional freedom technique videos, EFT tapping. And, and they helped me a lot. But how to stop denying my feelings was like I realized that I was denying them that I was raised from people who were taught to deny their feelings. So they thought that was right. But I realized it was not how I wanted to live. And I gave myself a reason to change. And of course, any change, even for the better, is a little uncomfortable. But my life has changed in so many amazing ways by not stuffing my feelings down. Any Anytime you stuff your feelings down, you're abandoning yourself and you're teaching yourself that you are someone who cannot be trusted. So if you want to trust yourself more and get that good guidance, you have to let yourself feel. Because feeling is where all this stuff comes from. I think I love that you said that because I don't know if you guys knew this, but Sarah can't see the comments. I can't, yeah. And so uh, Desiree actually said, so this was like on point, perfect timing. I think I'm mostly scared of being wrong. So yeah, that's a big that one. Right before you started talking about that. <laughs> that's a big one. And um, my 
my friend Chrissy, who is here watching, um, she said, how do you get past the fear of not being accurate or getting wrong answers? And I tell my students, like, I'm all about making it into a fun game. Take the pressure off. This is not brain surgery. Make it fun. Being wrong means you tried. It doesn't mean you failed. And you can't expect perfection like the first time you do things. Second, you have to practice until you recognize that feeling in your body, what it feels like to be right or accurate, how it feels in your body, because you'll you'll recognize it over time. And even the best intuitives are not 100% accurate all the time. Nobody is 100% accurate in any profession. But I also invite those of you who are deathly afraid of being wrong, what would it mean for you to be wrong and dig deeper? Would it mean that you're disowned? Would it mean that you're a terrible person? Because you have to look at the core of these fears in order to really get to the root of them. I live in the country, guys. I have flies everywhere. <laughs> oh, I thought you were like, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that too. But I, we get so many flies. Uh, just to explain this again, I think I told you this, but uh, we had the bird flu a few miles north of our house. They had a uh, company that had the bird flu and they buried, this is terrible too, they buried the chickens in almost a shallow grave. So we get flies all over because of it. But yeah, I try not to, I try to get get rid of them before we do videos. But yeah, that's why I'm so distracted. Sorry, guys. Shouldn't your chicken be eating them? Uh, The chicken outside, well, we just have that, we seriously have that many flies. Like I have fly strips all over the house. Like there's points in the year that it gets so bad that they'll drive you crazy sitting in the house. Like you have to have a fly swatter. Otherwise you would go completely nuts. So Desiree says, wow, thanks for sharing, Sarah Z. I think that's like, I think that's a huge thing for people. Uh, Like, like jumping, just jumping and not worrying about whether or not you're wrong or you're right. Cause I think that you, when you, when we are working and I think you might have the same experience, like when, when I'm working with someone who is like, new in what they're doing and they're getting used to it. Like you with your psychic development course, Sarah, like you, I think people have this expectation that we're always right. And we're not like, no one can be right. hundred percent of the time. It just is what it is. Sometimes your, uh, you know, emotions from your day will throw you a little bit off. If you don't, uh, you know, do the things you need to do to clear your mind and prepare, sometimes that'll throw you off. So no one's right 100% of the time. I think that, um, I, don't, I don't know if I've shared this story with you, Sarah, but uh, Sylvia Brown was actually on a talk show and she told one of the women, uh, the mothers of, uh, there were three girls that were held hostage with uh, Carlos something. I can't remember what his name is, but he had girls held hostage in his house for like seven years or something like that. And on the live talk show, Sylvia Brown had told one of the mothers that her daughter was dead. And in fact, years later, they find out that she wasn't. And basically people are like, well, this just ruined her career. Well, the thing is, is that like I couldn't read in a room full of people. Like there are people who can, but I can't, uh, I don't have the ability to separate that, um, that energy. Like it's pretty much like we have this person coming through and these are the details that are coming through. Who does this person belong to? It's really hard when there's so many spirits around to identify where 
who they're connected to sometimes. So I think I would have difficulty reading in front of a large crowd of people. But Plus you're getting you're getting all the crowd's energy too. Like what what are they thinking? What are they feeling? And the energy of skepticism coming at you can sometimes block you a little bit. Um, they've done scientific studies with this woman who could affect um, these like certain rods and make like electricity come out of them. She was doing it from Russia via the phone um, and the lab was somewhere in the United States. And these two scientists that believed her in her were like, do it again. And she was doing it. And then these two more scientists were like, oh, I don't believe this is possible. And then she couldn't do it. So I think it all depends on your client as well. Like, I don't play test the psychic ever. (laughs) I don't like that either. It's almost like just setting you up for like, if you're not 100% right in everything you say, I'm going to believe that you're wrong. Like, I think some people do have that thinking. I'm going to let you talk for a second while I get rid of this fly. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to start answering some of the questions that I have here. So, Anne, hey, uh, she actually is asking me a message right now. I'm live right now. I'm going to have to pull this off my screen. So, Anne asks, sometimes it feels like I'm falling off a cliff. I'm holding on for dear life. Some days I'm embracing my absolute connection, yet some days come in with that heavy feeling of not being enough and disconnection. Anne says, Social media is ego and not letting it control me is mammoth. How can you find that healthy balance of sharing and trying to build a platform? Anne says, I think when I step into my knowing and abilities that the confidence of bathing in it feels like ego. Although she's fighting it within, how to deliver with love can be difficult for me as well. So that's a great question. It feels like you're judging yourself too harshly, and you're allowed to celebrate your wins and feel confident. You're allowed to feel good when you get good results, even on social media. So we all have egos, so don't demonize your ego. In spiritual circles, we're told that ego is bad, but that's a judgment. Isn't the goal of spirituality to judge each other less? So... Take what you want and leave the rest. But my opinion is that the ego is an energy that feels unloved, unforgiving, and threatened. So if you embrace this part of you instead of rejecting it, your ego will begin to feel less separate and to merge back with its source, which is you, which is the goal of yoga after all, which means to unite or yoke. So also human beings are cyclical, meaning that I don't always feel like getting on social media or doing a live video. And the key here is to embrace your feelings without being stuck or swallowed by them. If you don't feel like connecting one day, don't force yourself. So you're you're already enough because you decide to be enough. Everyone was once a beginner, including me, including Sarah Harvey. And there's nothing wrong with that. So give yourself a day off for rest. Let yourself be a beginner and act when you feel inspired, not because you feel like you have to. Because the energy that you do a thing um, from affects the outcome of that thing. Like if I got on this video and was like, oh, I have to do a live today, screw this. And uh, you know, you guys would be able to feel it. But because I'm here and I'm excited and I'm showing up with a lot of energy, 
that's what you're feeling. So you also asked um, how to deliver a reading with love can be difficult for me as I'm only stepping into it. So I have to say like delivering readings, advice or answers with love starts with knowing that you are doing something really valuable for the person who receives it, even if you're a beginner. So you can change someone's life in an instant. And I'm going to give you an example from my own life that not very many people know. So about 17, 16 years ago, a psychic was honest with me, like brutally. And I wasn't mad at her. I was like, thank you. You're the only one telling me the truth. I was in an abusive relationship at the time and I could not see it. Um, but when she told me, I was like, I'm done. I dumped him. I started taking care of myself, pampered myself for a couple years. And then a couple years later, this was like 2008, I met Chad, my soulmate. We've been married for 13 years. So I don't even want to think about what my life would have been like if I didn't, if I didn't meet that psychic. So being honest with someone is the most loving thing that you can do, in my opinion. And as long as your intention is to help them, then you're delivering it with love, even if it's bad news. Desiree says, have you ever read for someone and no one comes through? Well, uh, I do. The majority of what I do is mediumship and I actually uh, read photos. And so when someone gets a mediumship reading, I feel like that's the easiest way to connect. Um, but I've had, generally speaking, more than one person comes through. But I try to keep them focused and I try to stay focused with just the one person communicating. Because if you're not focused with one person, then it ends up to be jumbled. Or a party. <laughs> yeah. We don't want a party. That's... <laughs> I think I've talked about that before. Like when you first start to do that, um, it's almost like you'll run into spirits that haven't that haven't communicated with someone living in a very long time, and they will just talk your ear off. And it's really funny because I, like there's points that I've had to stop them. Like, no, we're done now. <laughs> we're done. You've you said a lot already. So, um, but I guess that's my take on that. I have. Did you? You're not through your questions yet, right? No, um, I just jumped into one from Anne, uh, okay. the big one from Anne. So to paraphrase, I said, like, I felt she was judging herself too harshly. We're allowed to have egos and humans are cyclical. You don't always have to connect if you don't want to. Like, you know, you have to follow your feelings in order to trust yourself. And delivering a reading with love is all about your intention. So I've, I've given people bad news a lot of times. And most of the time they're like, Thank you for empowering me. I mean, sometimes they're not happy, but um, I'm just delivering what I see. <laughs> and to answer Desiree's questions, like when I read photos or read auras, I will often, even if I'm not doing mediumship, I'll be able to tell by looking and someone dies like, all right, there's a, a male energy around you and I feel you, you recently lost. It could be an uncle. And um, I'm pretty accurate with photo reading. So... Uh, I'll ask one because I think this one's a really good one. This is from Amanda, and this was in the Exploring Claire group. She says, does anyone have any recommendations on books about the Claire abilities and how to harness and strengthen them? Also, anything about proper ways to meditate and ground yourself? I'm having a really hard time controlling and accessing my abilities. It feels like my abilities have been sta a static radio signal 
and that doesn't quite or that doesn't quite reach me and i'm not entirely sure why maybe i'm just ignoring them subconsciously i've been doubting my capabilities a lot and it's made everything feel really off do you have any advice for her i know you guys uh, of course so um, Sarah Harvey actually has a special coupon code, Sarah Harvey, for my Easy Psychic Development course. She's going to put a link underneath the video. I also have the Easy Psychic Development workbook that goes with the course that's available on Amazon now that a lot of my students are buying. But yeah, learning to trust yourself is going to be key. It's really natural to doubt yourself and your abilities at first and spending time with like-minded people will get you in the right energy and help you believe in yourself more as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that um, sometimes, and I know there's a lot of other people that uh, feel that way. Like I, yeah, I find it difficult to be around. I'm going to use this word because what is it called? Uh, muggles. I learned yeah. that one. <laughs> Harry Potter, Harry Potter. <laughs> that's so strange. But the first time I heard muggle, I was like, that's so true. Like, I find it difficult to be around people who don't have abilities a lot because it's almost like uh, overwhelming to, to me sometimes. And I've learned how to control that a lot better. But when you're around people that like, that's what makes these groups so special is that you're around people who are like minded. And when you get together, it just causes just this huge shift in energy and it's a positive shift in energy. So I think that's really good advice. Yeah. Having, having support is really crucial at this stage, especially if you want to make it feel normal for you. Like it's normal when we go normal, when we go in the exploring Claire's group or my Facebook group that, you know, we're all, <laughs> we all have these abilities and, I um, I can't be the only one that's posted accidentally on my own on my own page. I do that like, a lot. <laughs> I gotta remove that. Like, so, so um, I'll let you ask I, the next question. Okay, uh, Chrissy says my experiences sound more like stories, and I'm naturally a scaredy cat. I don't want my family to judge me as dishonest. How can I move forward? So, this is a juicy question. And my answer is that so many people are skeptical of what they don't understand. And we all have those judgy people in our family, but you'd be surprised at how common paranormal experiences, psychic experiences are. Like one of my go-to questions for people that I meet, like I don't like small talk. So I'm usually like, oh, have you ever seen a ghost? And it's like so many people will tell me yes, and then they'll tell me they know someone that does, and then it's like a fun story time. So, Chrissy, you're not alone in feeling like that. Like I said before, connecting with like-minded people is really going to help you, and it'll get easier um, over time. Like, you know, people will judge you no matter what you do. You might as well have fun and live your life and, like, be a cycle breaker. Like, uh you know, at, the, at this point, like, I'm going to be 40 in less than a month. And I'm like, who cares? Like, my parents have a lot of habits that I don't like either. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's true. Like, I think that at some point, at some age, I'm not sure when it happens, probably when I hit 30, okay. uh, 
I just decided too that I'm just going to do things my way because people, it's true. People are going to judge no matter what. Everybody's got an opinion. They've got nothing better to do. Some people, some people have nothing yeah, better yeah. to do. Spend time uh, focused on everybody else. And I think at some point I realized that and I decided that it's more important to focus on yourself and just making yourself or having yourself like my goal each day is to be better than I was the day before. That doesn't always happen, but that's my goal every day. So I just feel like development is really good for everyone. And so let's see. Desiree said, Oh, Henna says, I'm Chrissy, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah, Henna, true. Hey, Chrissy, I'm so glad you're here. Chrissy had another question. I think I answered about um, fear of being wrong, which to gamify it and take the pressure off yourself. I hope that answered your question, Chrissy. Like, I don't want to judge you because I used to have those fears too, but like, I really kind of like flooded myself by like, you know what? I'm just going to, like, I came out of the spiritual closet last year and my parents were actually like, oh, that's pretty cool. Let me tell you a story. So my dad, like, I thought he was going to be all skeptical, but um, his twin brother, my uncle Sam, died about maybe like eight to 10 years ago. I don't remember exactly when, but obviously we're all really close. And my uncle Sam had installed the alarm system in my parents' house. And my dad was like, oh, well, Uncle Sam communicates with us through the alarm in the house. Like, you know, and he said it like totally matter of fact, like it's a fact. So, you know, the people that you expect to be like um, hard butts or skeptical, like they might surprise you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, my dad's a twin too. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, It's funny because they seem to have a connection. When we look at like the studies of psychic abilities and that type of thing, like I think twins are a really, really good example of that because they talk about how they know things when something's wrong with the other one and different things like that. And I just think that's interesting because that's probably the best example of psychic abilities. Cause that is a psychic ability to know what the other person's feeling because you're, they're obviously disconnected. So I, yeah, I think that's cool. And I think that there's a lot of people that when I first started talking about it, now I try not to talk about it because I don't want people to ask me, like randomly in public for readings because <laughs> like at some point you got to shut it off, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I first started talking about it, I realized that like you, that there's so many people who have had spiritual experiences that when you say that, it's just like a flood of information that you didn't know about a person. And I think that's interesting. I think that um, people do like have a perception that, um, that negative entities and communication um, happen a lot more than they do. I don't think, I think that's one thing that people are afraid of. What would you say with that? I would About say like people the being media, <laughs> I mean, the media makes it seem like that because, you know, there's all these movies about Ouija boards and demonic possession and all that. But um, I don't play with Ouija boards anymore, by the way, but I mean, I had a deck of tarot cards since I was seven years old. I have a pendulum. I have like crystals out the wazoo. I think I would have encountered a demonic entity by now, especially in my teen years. Um, I kind of went looking for that, you know, not demons per se, but um, I don't think it's as common as the media and fear mongers would like us to um, believe it is. And a lot of 
reason why we're kept in fear is because it it allows other people to control you. Christy says, yes, I'm a perfectionist. The details always matter. This is such a leap of faith and I don't have control. It's a hurdle for me. Yeah, I think fear of being out of control. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a hurdle that a lot of people go through that you just like uh, people have asked me different see the flies back. He wants to be on TV or on YouTube too apparently. It um, could be um there was a book I read, I don't remember what it was, but this woman believed that a fly in her house was um one of her relatives like in spirit, so maybe I uh, you know um <laughs> That's a really bad thought because I'm going to splat him after the show. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, just being honest, just being honest. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm just playing around. But I love that you said that, Chrissy, because um, it leads into this next question from Melissa. She said, how do you stop worrying about appearing rude if you listen to your feelings rather than go along with what's polite? And so I just say, like, you can decide to see things differently, but really you're not responsible for how other people feel about you. You have to be the queen and king of your life and take your power back because you can be as sweet as pie and someone can still think that you're rude. It's not about you. It's really about them. And it's not your responsibility to change their opinion. And if you're trying to change your behavior or twist yourself into a pretzel to get their approval, it just shows you're trying to control the outcome by not being authentic and you're doing yourself a big disservice and you're not helping them either. Yeah. Um, so you can, you can be polite and still have strong boundaries. And um, let me ask you this, uh, Melissa, when you watch this later, what kinds of things would you be doing or saying if you didn't worry about feeling rude? So there's a version of you out there who's already carefree, doesn't give a rat's butt about people's opinions. She's still polite. Ask her how she got there. I guarantee that your life will change for the better if you listen and be more of your authentic self. So I wasn't always like this. I wasn't always super authentic. I was raised as a pleaser. But when I was in my early 20s, I almost died. <laughs> and luckily, I was like, wait a minute. I wasn't meant to like make everybody else happy. I'm supposed to make myself happy. And it was like this big epiphany. And um, I want to close that question with a quote from RuPaul. He says, if they ain't paying your bills, don't pay them B words, no mind. So <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> so true. Like I think that we uh, early on, I think it's really easy uh, to to look around you for uh, support from people who aren't going to be supportive. And I think that's the one of the things that I wanted to create with the Exploring Clara group was uh, an environment where people can go that they don't feel like their stories are completely strange or uh, that they are abnormal and we're, we're, none of us in our, in our group are normal. Like I think normal is like- Normal is an insult. <laughs> yeah, I think, so. I think so too, because it like the whole concept of normal does not even make sense to me. Uh, perfection doesn't exist, you know? So, okay, I have a question. Let's see. So you read Anne's question. Yes. Okay, so 
this one's a good one because I think like in I know you go into this in more depth in your course, but I I guess I I'm kind of looking for like the uh, I guess uh, the simple versions. Okay. So I am says greetings new here, and I'm Claire Audient looking for exercises to develop my gift. So uh, a simple one would be. You can practice with a friend or uh, read a list like uh, in my course, I have all these fun exercises. For example, um, I will say a word like cat and they're supposed to imagine or conjure up what a cat would sound like to them in their mind so that they get to know the difference between um, hearing clairaudiently and hearing in real life. For example, right now you're listening to me talk with your temporal lobes and your ears. But if you are hearing me clairaudiently, you would be hearing from here. Yeah, I Inside. agree with that. Uh, why, things are buzzing. Uh, my phone's going off. Uh, so I agree with that. I think that that is a, would be a really good exercise for people when they're beginning, uh, especially like with clairaudience, I think it's really easy for us to be like, uh, that's our own internal voice. And I think just to, I guess, to tell you guys, for people who are beginners, when you're hearing clairaudiently, there are a couple things that you can, uh, that you should know that can help you differentiate if it's your voice or your internal voice, or if it's uh, actually a clair, clairaudient experience. And one of those things is it'll, the, the things that are said are going to be things are going to be terms that you wouldn't necessarily use. Yes. Like, don't know yet. Sorry. What's your example? I want to hear it. Uh, like me saying fantabulous instead yeah. of good or great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so then uh, the other thing is, is there you'll have um, experiences where you hear something that you didn't know. Um and that can also kind of be blended with clear cognizance. Um, it'll be in a language that you, it could be in a language that you don't speak, which I've had. I obviously don't understand what they're saying, but it is what it is. Um, and then the other thing is, is just uh, the, I said the terminology, the uh, act and accent is a really good one too. So if there's yes. an accent that you don't have and you're hearing something with an accent, um, that's a really good indicator that it's clear audience and not just your own internal um, self. So uh, also getting, getting messages from songs. Like if you're this, if you hear the same song on the radio, like you turn the radio on and a song is playing no big deal. You change the station four times, that same song is on. Then you go to the store and that song is on. Or you have the song in your head. Um, for Random. example, yeah, randomly. Like, yeah. I, I say my head is a radio. But when I do photo readings, I'll usually get a song in my head. And then I'll go for a walk and be like, what What could this mean? Like, um, And it's always pertaining to that person. So I'll yeah. say it and they'll be like, you're right. I do have my father's eyes when I had my father's eyes in my head <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I think that that's one that people who are uh, clairaudient, primary, primarily clairaudient, one of the things that they 
uh, do is they're really in tune to music and things like that. So that's my primary clair. And I've always heard uh, music in my head, you know. Uh, one of the things that I should share with you guys, especially people who are beginners, is for the longest, since I can remember, uh, I've had a fan in my room when I go to sleep. And I would hear uh, music when the fan was on, kind of like past the white noise of the fan. And it would be, uh, there would be no lyrics to it or anything else. But I felt like there were lyrics that I just couldn't hear, which is clairaudient experience when no one else can hear it. And it sounds like it's even external because clairaudience can be internal or external. Like Sarah said with the songs, um, that would be more like an external clairaudience. Um, but the fan thing had happened, has happened my entire life. And I did not like, I didn't know what, what was happening. And so like later on, those experiences became more evident. Like then all of a sudden I was hearing what sounded like Indians in a powwow outside my house. And that kind of changed things for me. I'm like, okay, this is getting a little, like it was when I was going, trying to go to sleep. And I'm like, this is getting a little annoying now. I got to go to sleep. You guys got to let me. <laughs> So, but it was a really good sign, and I learned a lot um, from that clear audience experience about the location that I live in, and that there were actually fox Indians on this land, which I think is really interesting. Like, so you know how all that energy is connected. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, I learned something new, and I learned that there were in fact Indians that stayed in this land. So. We're like right, by, we have a river right next to our, or like a mile or so from our house. So, uh, you know, a lot of them, their river was a resource for them. So they'd stay near the river, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Chrissy says that was a great example, or those were great examples. Thank you. Yeah, using white noise, like even a hair dryer. I know a beekeeper who says, I always hear someone call my name when I'm with the bees because it's like, it's like that droning sound. Yeah. So using white noise can help you practice clairaudient uh, exercises as well. Uh, see, and I tried, I, I wondered why I always slept with a fan. And I think that I actually use it to drown out the noise in mm -hmm. a sense. I thought about that and I'm like, there's there got to be a reason that I like this noise constantly when I'm going to sleep. And I think it, it does help a little bit, but I agree with you. Like you're, those times when you have that white noise, if you're just, sitting. I think that's why um, meditation music is the way it is. You know, it's really calm. Yeah. There's not too many spikes in the noise or low points. Chrissy says, I've heard talking, but it sounds mumbled. Is there a practice of hearing clear? What Sarah was saying about the examples that she would use, um, those things do help. And I think uh, when you're practicing with someone else, I think that really helps. And I'm sure in your course, you go through a lot of different other exercises for yeah. different Claire's. Chrissy, I don't know if you've watched the Claire uh, audience, Claire hearing video yet. Chrissy's in my course, but okay. you'll be able to um, see it and go through all those exercises. She just joined recently, but um, that's a good, that's a good question. Well, and we were talking before we started about, uh, Sarah's course. And one of the things that, because someone was asking, I think that's my next question. No, we were talking about the, uh, the book, right? So mm -hmm. the, when we talk, when we think about a book, I guess I think that people can 
uh, either read a book or they can listen to a video book. And Sarah's course is uh, formatted in such a way that a lot of what you're learning, you could literally turn on your phone or on the computer and go about doing what you're doing. And like I fold laundry and all sorts of things while I'm learning. But I think that's a, another good way or another good thing about the course is that not only is it on demand, but you can do that while you're you can you're listening basically. Mm-hmm. You should have stopped me from jumbling and fixed that hole. <laughs> like oh, that's okay. There's there's some visual exercises, but most of it is like me talking at a camera and giving sometimes a visual example. Um, and it, in the lives uh, which are recorded, it's me interacting with my students, which I loved. Um, my sister asked, "How do you tell the difference between listening to your own instincts?" and being driven by the past. She says, I often worry about my current job based on trauma I have from the past. So I say, and I mentioned this before, fear and trauma, even if it's from a past situation, is usually highly charged. You know, you get anxiety and sweaty and racing heart while your natural instincts or intuition is usually neutral or reassuring. Yeah. And I think that goes with a lot of the experiences that we have. If it's negative, it's probably not what you think it is. Yeah. So then I have Meg. Meg says last night, a male trying to come through, trying, uh, was trying to come through to communicate. I don't hear them loud enough. It just sounds like whispering in the corner of my bedroom. Why do they come right before I go to sleep? Also, why can't I hear them clearly? So that kind of goes along with uh, Chrissy's question, too. So Uh, what is it with sleep, Sarah? What is it uh, about that time period? You're more relaxed. You're not distracted. So a relaxed mind is a receptive mind. So you're constantly going to receive things. That's why a lot of times when people are meditating, they get these downloads, too, or things happen because you are relaxed. So when I'm in bed, like that's when my clairvoyance is the most active. I'll see faces. I'll see bright colors. It's like a light show. And when I was a kid, I thought everyone had that. Like I thought, oh, you don't see like the green lights in your eyes. (laughs) So just so everyone understands, can can you describe to uh, our audience what a download is? A download, um, sorry, is something that gives you instantly um, like an instant knowing um, it's related to claircognizance, which is very uh, clear knowing, uh, which is also related to clear hearing. They're both very related. And um, clear hearing or clear audience is the most confusing, Claire, I'd say, because we often think, oh, it's just me thinking. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think, and, and those tips that we were talking about, knowing the difference, I think is important because once you hear that, you're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Cause I didn't know this and I heard it. Um, or the songs, that type of thing. A song you haven't heard in a long time. Like you, there's no coincidence in that. If you haven't heard yeah. a song in a long time and all of a sudden you find yourself singing it and you didn't hear it on the radio or anything like that, like those are, those are not coincidences. So I think when you're experiencing these things, it's important to uh, trust in your intuition and understand that there are very few coincidences. My uncle actually said, my dad's twin brother, he said, Sarah, there are no coincidences in this life. And I thought, 
okay. Like, but then when I, when I really thought about it, I thought that makes perfect sense because we try to look at things and like try to rationalize them. But the truth is, is like, like we were saying, if you hear the same song over and over and over again, uh, that is, there's no coincidence in that. And so I think that um, when you're thinking about psychic communication, like fortune telling, those types of things, mediumship, there are very few coincidences. I think I actually had someone tell me after my mom passed away, which I thought was really funny, um, because I would say there's a large percentage of people who have psychic experiences after somebody close to them passes. And I, I was having those experiences and I went to work and it was one of those people who doesn't believe in that. And I really didn't know what I believed at that point in time. Um, but I did know that my mother was communicating with me. It was just, there were so many things that there was no way it was a coincidence. And I went to work and I shared it with someone and she actually, this girl actually happened to be like um, science made. She was going to school for science of some sort. When we're talking to people like that, they're looking for the black and white. They don't see the gray. And she told me, she goes, it's just your mind and you're just grieving right now. And that's why you're having the, you're basically, she basically told me I was delusional, <laughs> like in, in a nice way, but she told me, Sorry, I, was, I, was, my, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Someone's calling me. I got it all. Uh, so when we think about that, I think that there are so many people that have those types of experiences that it's not a coincidence. So right. I guess I kind of wanted to share that because that was a point for me that I was just like, not everybody believes what I believe in. Yeah. And if, am I going to not believe it? Or I'm just not going to share it with that person. Cause they obviously yeah. like, that's their opinion. Um, but I thought that was interesting. So uh, when you have people like that, like, I don't even have conversation. Like, like what Sarah was saying about uh, what did you call it? A psychic, somebody who doesn't believe in a what skeptic. you do. Yeah. You had another word that you were talking about earlier, but anyway, um, when you have people like that, like it, it, like Sarah said, it's not your job to convince them. Like if they yeah. believe, they believe. If they don't, they don't. And it makes it really difficult. If you're reading for other people, it's really difficult for some to read somebody for somebody that is like a naysayer or doesn't believe in what you do because it like there's something about it that just throws there's a wall. It, like yeah, there's yeah. a heart wall basically. And when when I read, I'm connecting to their their heart basically. Yeah, I, it just throws it off. I, I agree with that. So I have one more question. Um, okay. Both my both my sisters, Melissa and Jen, asked, um, "Why do you use a pen name if you're so brave?" <laughs> and I loved that. I was like, "When when does it all become you?" And I yeah. said, a, "A pen name is not about changing your name or your identity. It's about embodying the person that you want to become." And for me. I'm Zelda. I'm Sarah. It's all me. Labels really don't matter. But I started off using this pen name because I wanted to stand out in my industry and be the only person with that name because there are thousands of Sarah Jordans on the internet. So my, my little sister was like, don't you like your name? And I was like, of course. But I like it more when people search for Zelda Barons and my Etsy store comes up. And my Amazon books come up and, you know, all the things that I create, like my psychic development course and the effortless tarot comes up. So um, as an entrepreneur, it gets me a lot more sales than being one in a million Sarah Jordans. Yeah. And I think that that because mine is different. Right. So 
I, but I've also, it's just, I think it's a matter of belief because there's a lot of people that use pen names. I think it's probably about 50, 50 when it comes to that. And I think you're right. There's a lot of Sarah's, but you know, I think I told you, I put it on our Etsy VIP group. Now, when someone searches Sarah Harvey on Etsy, my shop comes up, but it took a lot to get that there, obviously, because there's a famous Sarah Harvey, who's a painter. She does, uh, or not a painter, excuse me, a photographer and she does underwater. Oh, it's really cool. I've looked it up, but it got to the point at some point that if I Googled my name, then I would come up, but you're right. It's a lot harder. So if you, if you Googled Zelda Barons, you're going to come up, but if you Google right. Jordan, if you were <laughs> good luck finding me, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to find every Sarah Jordan within the world. And um, a, pen name, a pen name can also give you privacy. For example, if you want to start reading on the hotlines, uh, doing psychic work on the hotlines like I did four years ago, it was really important to me that I didn't want people to come and find my house and kill me for telling them your husband's cheating on you. <laughs> I didn't want stalkers. I didn't. I watched too many scary movies. But yeah, it can give you privacy as well. You can be found or you can be private. So it's a it's yeah. a mix of both. And also like. My hero, David Bowie, used an alter ego. My pen name is me, but she's the alter ego, everything I want to be. So, yeah. I think that it, it probably, for, and everybody's different, but in the beginning, for you, it was probably easier to step into that alter ego and to be more fearless than you were before. Because I see that. Like, I understand that completely. Because coming out and just using your name, like anybody that I went to high school with, any person I've ever met in my entire life, they could pull up these videos and they see me and they see my name. And I think there is a, uh, if you're looking at doing readings and things like that, there is a bit of that you're really public at that point in time. Yeah. And another thing is, is if any of you are actually thinking about doing readings and that type of thing, you should know, especially doing videos like this. I've found on YouTube, when we post videos, there's always got to be somebody that's either going to spam the video or they're going to say something negative. Like I just get rid of them. Same yeah. with the Exploring Claire group. I don't, I don't talk about that a whole lot, but in the Exploring Claire group, if somebody's like bringing a lot of negativity, I just get rid of them. Like it has a, if you guys are starting your own groups or anything like that, that stuff is important. And I'm sure as you're growing your psychic development course and growing your group, because Sarah actually has a course, a uh, Facebook group that goes along with the course. Like that is a huge thing when you're getting uh, all these people together with all these different opinions. Um, it's, it's important. You know, something I thought it was really impressive uh, in the exploring Claire group. Somebody asked, about the COVID shot and whether or not it would affect your psychic abilities. And when I seen that question, Sarah, I was like, oh, no. This <laughs> like, is going to start a war. <laughs> but you know what? Did you see the comments? It didn't. Yeah, they were was, all very loving and supportive. It was like, I respect your opinion. It was how the world used to be. Yeah, before yeah. Before everything was divided. And that really is my thinking, like, on politics, religion, all of that. Like you do you and I'll do me and we'll, exactly. still, we'll still be friends and we'll respect that each other, that you have an opinion. I love that people have their own opinion 
and they they can't be swayed from that. Like that to me is really, and I love learning what other people think about things. Like, right. it, oh, it, like that's what makes us, that's what makes the world and people beautiful. Una says, I miss how the world used to be. And she said, sorry for your loss. It's been a long time, but you know, that stuff never goes away when it's somebody really close to you. Like, and I want to talk about uh, connecting with uh, your own. So have you ever had trouble? This is a really good question for you because I actually had this happen to me. Have you ever had trouble connecting? You don't do a whole lot of like mediumship. That's something that you're kind of like. I'm just, I'm just getting into that. I've done it. for Like I, I used to go to this mediumship circle before COVID. And when I went there, um, it was like a class. And when I went there, they the woman that was leading it was like, I want you to give readings, like, right? And I was like, well, uh, I've never done this before. So <laughs> I went into this, like, room and started, like, reading people. Um, awesome. But I didn't know them. I didn't know their loved ones. And I was pretty accurate. So I know it's harder to connect to your own loved ones. But I, I get a lot of um, dream visitations. I got a lot of messages through my dreams. Um and I've had my grandma warn me about uh, when I was driving. But yeah. other than that, like, um, not really formally my own loved ones. Isn't it harder? Because, like, we want it more. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I've thought about that a lot. And I finally did connect with my mom. It took a long time. You know, in the beginning after she passed away, I, like, was having all these different experiences. And then later, like it was like nothing like after about three weeks, I would say there was just absolutely nothing. So I was doing a reading, I don't know, probably about a year ago. And I go when it's nice outside between readings, I'll go sit outside. And I had just done a mediumship reading. I went outside to take a break and before I did anything else. And then all of a sudden she randomly came to me and I'm like, really like right now, like I'm working, I guess. So like that makes sense. But, um, like, I think a big part of it is that not just that you want it so much, but there are things that like, they don't want to scare you. They don't want to upset you. Like it's people, I think one misconception people have is that people are any different, um, that their personality is any different when they pass away. Like generally speaking, they're going to have the same personality. If they're funny, they're going to be funny. If and they're, they're not, they don't become cool. all knowing once they yeah. die. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Like grandma, give me the lottery numbers. Like, no. <laughs> I think it's funny to say like that as psychic because I I've been to the casino, but we don't know everything. Like, there's some things I think we're just not meant to know, and I think that's important to understand. So when you're thinking about like getting over that fear, there's something like there are things the spirit world will protect you from that you shouldn't know. Like, would I want to know when I was going to die? Absolutely not. I think other people might, but it's something that just happens and there's nothing you can do to prevent that. And so I've had people ask me, like, when you see bad things for other people, do you tell them? Well, like, not always. Um, and that's the reason. There's some things that we can prevent and some things we can't. And I always think about if that person is open to it. Have you had, Sarah... An experience where you are in public and you get some sort of information about someone uh, spiritually. Do you share it with them? What's your advice about that? Because I think that's a big one. 
my opinion might not be the same as everyone else's on this. I I ha- I do get downloads of people about people that I first meet. Like I do feel things about them. I do get information about them. Sometimes I feel their loved ones about them. I don't say anything unless if I feel like it's really urgent or like a life or death situation, like, oh, don't go that way. I'm getting like, you know, I don't say it because, um, one, I'm not working (laughs) and um, it's not my, I don't feel like it's my responsibility to try to control someone else's life, but like I get messages about people I meet all the time and it's it's not really meant for me to like you could upset someone too if you're yeah. like, Oh, by the way, uh your mom is here and she wants you to like you know, unless if someone comes to me for a formal reading or it's a life or death situation that like they could be really hurt, I feel. And I don't say anything. Um, like even though I seem like really outgoing on these calls, like um, when I'm out in public, like, uh, without my friends or my husband or whatever, I'm, I usually keep to myself, like I'm an animal person. I'm a dog person. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to like talk to random people. I mean, I'm not shy or anything, but I get my energy from being alone usually. Yeah. So, and a lot of my hobbies are solo things like painting or playing a song, but that's just my opinion. Um, what do you, how do you feel about that? I don't do it because, uh, well, one, then I have to go through the whole backstory of what I do. <laughs> oh, and then, right. then it invites it invites more, more spirits questions. to bombard you. Yes, yes. Anything they want. But I, I, I feel like, and people, I've heard people talk about this before, like other psychics, about how, uh, in a way, it's an invasion of privacy. And I don't necessarily know if how much I agree with that portion. But I do feel like it leads into an entire backstory of what I do and all this stuff. And you don't know if that person is um, skeptical. You don't know uh, what they're going through. And I do think it could cause some people to be upset. Yeah, um, definitely. That, uh, the other thing is, is it could lead into other questions. And I'm like you. I like to be by myself a lot. And I don't want to be like bombarded with questions either, you know, like, well, how, like, because then it leads into more questions. And generally speaking, when you have a spirit that's communicating, they're going to communicate the things that they want to communicate. They're not necessarily going to give you all knowing information, kind of like what Sarah mm-hmm. said with the lottery. That's a good example. Um, but they're like, they're not there to fulfill everything. So sometimes when you're speaking with a psychic medium or getting information, I think people, um, and it's kind of on the lines of skepticism, but uh, people are like, do you know what color this was or whatever? Like they don't always share stuff like that. Like they share what they want to share. So I think that's important for people to realize too. And no, I don't, I don't, I don't even like, like, if my friend, I don't even like doing readings for my friends or family, quite honestly, just because uh, to me, like I separate those two things because I don't want to be working all the time. And yeah. I, and I think that was one of the things that I learned with the doing free readings and people have asked me, like, I know in our exploring Claire group, people have asked, well, can we could do like a live free readings? And I don't do that. And I, I know you don't either. And I don't think that people quite understand that there's a transfer of energy that happens. 
And I know they look yeah. at it, well, it's just money, you should help people. But the fact is, is there's just something about that transfer of energy that balances things out. Like it's I, very draining too. Yeah, it can yeah. Be but for me. Every time I've done it, I've regretted it, right? Because it's just something about it. I think a transfer of energy is important. But yes. um, now as far if as- If you don't value your own work, nobody else will either. Yeah, I think I have a video on YouTube about that. Uh, so I, do you guys have any other, I think I went through, do you have any other questions that you, we have to talk about or? No, we, I just want to um, remind you all, if I didn't say so already, I'm giving away a copy of You Are a Bad ASS by Jen Sincero next week on Wednesday. To enter, you can join my email list. Um, it's going to be under this video and I'll announce the winner next week in an email. Also, my course is Go At Your Own Pace. Sarah Harvey has a special coupon code. If you want to come check it out, she's going to put it under the video. I'm so happy that you guys were all here watching. And I, I've read that book. It's pretty good. You guys will like it. Yeah. You probably read it. I want to empower you guys to step into your greatness. Like, I'm always reading self-development books. Like, I've kind of stopped for a while because I was like, you know what? there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just going to read for pleasure. But that was one of the ones that like my sister really liked and a couple of my friends liked. So I think it could really benefit you guys. I think that's awesome. So you're going to announce that next Wednesday through your email list. So you'll yes. be able to find, and I'll link that in the video when this uploads for you guys. And if you guys have any other questions, if you're watching the replay, Definitely put your questions down below because Sarah and I both go through the comments and make sure we're answering people's questions. And the other thing is, is if you're not already subscribed to the channel, definitely subscribe to the channel. Uh, we try to do weekly videos, doesn't always happen, but Sarah and I have done a lot of other videos together and you can yeah. find those in the channel as well because it has, um, you'll find Sarah's shop in the comments uh, with the psychic development course and uh, Sarah Harvey is the, what is it? Is it a 20? How much of a discount is it? I forget. I think it's 25% off. So like $75 or so, which is nice That's chunk of change. Discount. Yeah. Good discount. Yeah. So, um, if you guys have any questions, just let us know. Thank you, Sarah, for coming on. I think Thanks, that Sarah. you're, you're so, I, I, I love having you on because you're so relatable. I think it's easier for people to, um, to connect with you because it's not like you're, you're making it very easy for them, very simple and not overcomplicating it. I think that um, is a misconception people have too, is that we have to learning. It can be overcomplicated and that's not the case. Thanks so, so much. That's my intention. Any, so I'm really glad that you see that. Do you have anything else that you want to let everybody know? Uh, just thank you all for watching. Um, that's it. <laughs> Okay. Thank you guys for watching. And if you have questions, comment down below and we'll be sure to check the video and make sure we answer all those questions. You guys have a great day. Bye.